Hey all, welcome to Geek Freaks. I am Frank, and I'm joined by Squeaks. Squeaks! And Cheddar. Hey, what's going on? Anthony, for you people who, yeah, sorry, <laughs> Anthony. <laughs> Which do you prefer from going here on out, Cheddar or Anthony? Uh, whatever you want, whatever, whatever the listeners want. Well, then it'll probably ch- be Cheddar, to be honest with you. That's our best one. Sounds good to me. Yeah. All right, so uh, we got our question of the week. Let's get started with that. What place in Star Wars would you like to visit? Uh, you know, nice, beautiful scenery. Would you guys like some high action? What are we looking at? Let's go with you, Cheddar. Hey, I'm all about Naboo. I'm all about the water. Damn. Gotta, gotta do that, man. Or, yeah. or indoor. Those, those are going to be my two spots. Okay, what, well, what about each of them do you think is the appeal? Um, you know, I, I just really want to meet Jar Jar Binks. That's not the reason to go to Naboo. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like I'm no, gonna go to really Naboo not. and visit the swamps. <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's what it's about, man. I want to go underwater. I want to go and you know that's what that's what it's all about. I want to be like the Aquaman. Oh man, no. <laughs> try to make Aquaman in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> Can uh, we just merge the two? Not technically, no. <laughs> you could do Namor, but <laughs> that's a long story. Um, what about uh, Endor? Are you liking an Endor? Um, so I wouldn't say anything specifically, but I, I just think the atmosphere, you know, yeah, being yeah. out. About there is a biggest atmosphere is what what I like about it. Digging that forest life and the little teddy bears. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'll go my real quick. Is uh, Naboo? I'm a big fan of Naboo, but see, I'm not about the swamp life. That vacation spot from uh, Clone Wars where they start to fall in love and stuff like that. Like everybody talks shit about the dialogue in this scene, and I agree, awful. But man, what a beautiful like vacation spot she's hanging out in and stuff like that. Really cool. I mean, it's it's basically just like a rich person's paradise. So I'm assuming I'm rich if I'm able to go to Naboo. That's the game plan. I'm, I'm a rich guy in Star Wars. Squeaks, what do you think of me? Yeah, I want to be a rich guy. I want to be rich in Star Wars. Hey, um, if I'm going there, I better be rich, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, they fucking took my answers with the, um, you know, uh, gun. I can't think of the water city. But uh, uh, I guess it would be indoor as well then um, because I do like that forest, little forest life. You know, give me that avatar feel. You know, let me fucking... <laughs> ride crazy ass dragons into the forest and blow up a bunch of Ewoks. <laughs> I love the Star Wars question is bringing in stuff like Avatar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I want to go to the Star Wars universe and <laughs> do Aquaman and Avatar. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> and it's even, it's the bad Avatar too. It's not even airbending. Um, <laughs> well, I wouldn't still say it's bad though. Come on now. I'm, I'm like, it wasn't bad, but. The fact that we have three more, no, is it three or four? Yeah, three more of those things coming up. I'm like, I'm just already burnt out and I'm not even here yet. I'm a little wow. worried about that. <laughs> wow. what's, the, what's the worst place? Where's the place that you wouldn't want to go? Probably Tatooine where most of the movie takes place. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. Just they keep going dirt. back to it. Yeah. Yeah. The sand just or snow. Uh, I'm all, I'm not about it. Yeah. Yeah. Hoth is yeah, right. Bad. Hoth would just, yeah, full of snow. There's like, they never show anything there besides fighting each other so I, li- I like that reboot of hot the one where it's like salt and like while they're walking this red kicks up whatever yeah that's yeah. kind of cool at least oh you know what's got a good place where luke skywalker escapes too and he's like alone on that island that would be oh cool. yeah i like that that's pretty dope that's oh okay one. so what you're saying like from i mean the I, I really personally wouldn't want to live by myself on an island but um if that's you know if that's what you want to do he's got I those would. like servant <laughs> creatures that are there just like rah, 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 we're servant creatures you know they're like walking around or whatever just like helping that, him. actually and i'm sure r2 visits a lot i'm assuming but yeah that's if you're poor if you're rich you go to the boo that's where it's at. all right uh <laughs> this episode is brought to you guys by our patrons kevin marco sunny flypart and scott we appreciate you guys' patronage uh, if you guys want to be executive producer head over to our patron page link in the description uh, we have a new show coming out on friday trek freaks you guys got a teaser for it last week new shows coming out on friday uh Really cool. Uh, I've already got the couple first edited, and we use a lot of sound effects and all kinds of fancy stuff. And there's like you know teleporter sounds and uh, yeah, everything. Everything I'm waiting for CBS to call me about. So it's gonna be a lot of fun. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Let's get into the news. We're gonna go and shotgun through some Spider-Man stuff because we ha- we don't have enough for like any one major Spider-Man thing. We have a little things here. Squeaks, you brought this to my attention at first. Willem Dafoe may be the main villain in Spider-Man 3. What are your thoughts on that, man? Oh, man, I think it's perfect. I think to see, like, another main villain from back in the days and just kind of uh, hopefully revamp him, make him 
you know, a little more modern kind of scenery and stuff like that, film and whatnot. I think it's going to be awesome. And I think if any villain were to come back and head it, uh, I think it'd be great to see him as, uh, you know, heading, heading the charges, Green Goblin. Um, I mean, obviously we got confirmed that Doc Ock would be there as well, but I would like to see that madness come back from, uh, from Green Goblin. Yeah. Doc Ock is the one I'm most excited for, but with Green Goblin, we know that, you know, they're jumping around in time too, because obviously Green Goblin's dead. Um, I can't remember his name, but the guy that plays Doc Ock already said they're de-aging him so he looks like he was from the movie. So they're actually making it like he got ripped out of the movie and into it. Right. Uh, so I'm, right. I'm assuming Willem Dafoe the same thing. I, I, now these are all heavy rumors, right? So I mean, nothing is confirmed, of course. And and even even with the other rumors that Doc Ock is actually the leader of this whole thing, somebody has to lead the new Sinister Six. Do you think Green Goblin has what it takes to lead in a, a Sinister Six? Oh man. Okay, so if I'm thinking of all the characters, I would picture my uh, picture my group as it has to be Green Goblin or Doc Ock because they're only the real minds. Because you have Carnage, uh, Venom, um, uh, Lizard. I can't even think of the name. Scorpion. No, Lizard well, isn't the, right. Is it Liz- by the way, we just that's another thing that's on the list here. We'll just toss in real quick. Possibly the Lizard and Rhino are coming back for this. Rhino. Uh, okay. Yeah, number two. So you know. Yeah, there's really no one I see in the Sinister Six that in the Sinister Six that I really see that has the mind to kind of operate all the yeah. the groups. So it would be, I would say, one of those two. I think you're probably right because I like Doc Ock as a villain better, but he is more sympathetic. And I think the, well, you know what? No, the Falcon, not the Falcon. That's not right. Um, the Vulture might be able to mm-hmm. do it too because we have that new oh, Vulture. Oh yeah, shit. That's right. Keaton, yeah. So he might be able to do it. But yeah, Willem Dafoe's got that just total anger that would be good for running a Sinister Six. I think you got the right point there. And of course, he's he's smart as hell too. He's able to run the whole Osborne Corporation. So, mm-hmm. you might have something there. Uh, yeah. Cheddar, what villain are you happy to see come back to Spider-Man? Ooh. Um, so, I, I am a Green Goblin fan Yeah, from the very first Spider-Man. So, for me, Green Goblin is, is just what it's about. Um, I'd like to see him lead it too um, and be a focal point in that movie uh, just because as a childhood Green Goblin is the one who stood out to me as one of the first villains that I saw. So I'd like for him to kind of not only be in it, but lead it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm excited to see that helmet again. He has such a badass helmet yeah. in the first movie there. <laughs> That's so freaking cool. Yeah. Uh, it took okay. me a while to appreciate that though, real quick. Uh, yeah. I was always like, man, no, like I got to see like him as a goblin, you know, but then it took some time for me to actually appreciate it. That's a dope ass costume. It is, especially when you compare it to like way. nowadays when they they would not go as comic book accurate as they did yeah. then. Yeah. I think younger when I first saw, it, I was like, "What the hell? This is like a conehead." Um, <laughs> yeah, like that movie. But but as I got older, you know, I, more uh, appreciating that. Yeah. Uh, another villain we know that's coming into the scenes is Craven. Uh, we got confirmation that he's coming in. Uh, he's gonna be played by Aaron Taylor Johnson, who currently plays Quicksilver in the MCU. So now we have our first double up on the MCU, as far as I know. We did have, you know, Captain America played uh, the Human Torch, but that wasn't in the same universe. These will be generally in the same universe at some point. Uh, will that be a conflict? What do you think, Cheddar? So um, I, how are they going to do that, right? How are they going to do it without making it a conflict? Yeah. Um, I, I don't think there's a, uh, a way to not make it a conflict or just make it look off. Yeah. So how, how are you going to mesh the two without combining or, or button heads um, i'm not sure they can pull that off yeah because it's not like it with wandavision where they use the fox version of quicksilver it's a whole you know this is actually the marvel's uh you know character and then we found out today or we found out this week that sony already has plans and you'll find out in venom 2 how all those sony villains you know morbius and everybody how they're going to get into the marvel universe like in venom 2 that's all revealed so we know that Craven is actually going to be joining the MCU. It's odd to me. I, I remember back when this whole thing was first starting out, like it was, the idea was that, yeah, now they're in the Marvel universe. And that was the thing back when like Chris Hemsworth was, was brought in and was like, okay, boom, now he's this and he can't be anything else. That was kind of the idea back then, but it might be too big for that to be the situation anymore. They might run out of actors or something. So I don't know. It, it, and he's also not quite who I would have cast as Craven. They actually went to, a few different people. One of them was Keanu Reeves to play Craven, the hunter. Uh, Squeaks, do you have anybody else you think would have been a better Craven than this guy? Um, I would. Uh, damn. 
I can see. Actually, I can't. Uh, who's the villain in? Uh, oh god, he's uh, one of the Shaw brothers in um, Fast and the Furious. He's not Jason Statham. He's the other guy. Oh my god, he plays Gaston in Beauty and oh, the I, Beast. I think I know. Yeah, he's from Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, I, I know who you're talking about. That'd yeah, be an goodness. interesting one. That's a good choice. Uh, I would like to see him. I'm a big fan of that actor, period, though. But I think how crazy he was in Fast and the Furious and that scar look yeah. on his uh, face. Uh, that'd be pretty dope to see him as Craven. Uh, I'm a little, um, I'm a little off on that pick too for Craven. Uh, uh, who they cast in now? I don't. And, but me personally, I don't think it's a big deal. I think it's like, okay, hey, Quicksilver, he died. Quick movie. We're just gonna forget that he was even Quicksilver. To be honest, we're never gonna bring that one back anyway. So, yeah, just drop him as an actor, really. But if it, if it is Keanu Reeves, how do you how do you think he'll do? Well, is it a part they, for they, him? They offered it to Keanu, and Keanu turned it down. Oh, so, how yeah. how would you yeah. think he would have done if he did take it? Uh, I mean, he would have done great. It's Keanu Reeves. <laughs> the, I, I mean, I agree. As long as he does some cool ass slow motion shit in a black jacket, you know, that's, that's all that matters. Well, from, from what I heard, <laughs> the rumors are these are rumors that the reason he turned it down is he felt it was too close to John Wick. The script was, and so he didn't want to be typecast as just oh another John Wick movie. So, I would that's actually weird like if to it s- turns out to be a John Wick movie. Well, yeah, because if you think Deal. of Craven, it's supposed to be, okay, so we know that the story is supposed to be The Last Hunt, and it's going to be his own standalone movie, it's The Last Hunt, but in that movie, or in that comic book, uh, at the end, he kills himself. But this is obviously going to be the start of Craven, so you would assume he's not going to kill himself, but it is a story about how he wants to hunt down Spider-Man, he finally catches him, and he kills himself. So in the, in the movie, he will probably catch Spider-Man, I mean, that's the whole point of the story. Um, we'll have to see. Last bit of speculations we got this week from Spider-Man. Uh, next week is Tom Holland's birthday, and everybody suspects Marvel's going to drop a trailer for it. Do you think we're going to get a trailer for his birthday? What do you think? I, I mean, I think, it, I think it'd be fun, but uh, how far are we out for this movie now? I think it's like November. I mean, they could do a little teaser, right? Yeah, I mean, Eternals. Yeah. It might not yeah. be November, because I think that's Eternals, so it might even be sooner than that. Or later. I think it'd be fun if they do it a little, like at least a little teaser one. Yeah. I want to see some confirmation on who the big bads are so we can start going crazy about that. I'm tired of all the rumors. I like, Oh, Willem Dafoe's on set and Oh, uh, whatever this and this, this show us that hero shot of the sinister six, like lined up next to each other. So I could freak out and then start like speculating on like what the story (laughs) will be. Not just like, Oh, who showed up to say hi that day? Like that must be a new villain. You know, I'm ready for something. Right, new. just just give me 30 seconds. That's all I want. That's all I'm asking for. Yep, little nice little teaser. Make me happy. Put it in front of the Black Widow trailer. That would be the thing, right? Because right now we have Tom Holland's birthday, and everybody's saying they'll they'll do a trailer for his birthday, but save it for Black Widow, which is coming in July. I'm fine with that too, as long as we get it pretty soon. You know. Speaking of trailers, we had the Eternals trailer. Uh, Cheddar, what'd you think of this trailer for Eternals? One thing I'm asking myself is, is this going to be a movie that I'm like, okay, got to go see it, right? It's, it's kind of coming out of nowhere, right? It's not like it's another Captain America. I already right. know what's coming. It's, it's going to... A new set of characters. Yeah. Right. So, so when I was looking at it, some of the movies that kind of threw me off guard were like Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Thinking of that one right. when that first came out. Is it, is it going to spark? Is it going to make me want to go see it? Um, so I don't know. Uh, I'm excited for it. Um, more to come, I guess, on whether it's going to be a movie I'm waiting to go see or if it's just something I'll, I'll check out later. Yeah, you have something there, though. It, 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 I'm almost kind of like anxious and excited. Anxious because I don't know these characters. They're from a real deep Jack Kirby uh, comic book. Um, you know, he made a lot of weird characters. He made, you know, all this cosmic stuff in DC, essentially, with the, the new gods and stuff. So it's kind of this weirder stuff. Um, but Guardians of the Galaxy is one of my favorite Marvel movies. And if they could do that with such an obscure cast, then you know maybe they could strike gold or oil twice. Uh, what do you think in there, Squeaks? Yeah, so I don't think it's going to strike gold like Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, this really has a serious tone to it. Uh, so if they're trying to force jokes like they normally do in Marvel movies nowadays, it's not going to work out. I think it's going to be extremely awkward. Uh, to me, I'm not really uh, super interested in this one, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, because it does feel like we're going to see like a back in time story of when they like were pushed onto the planet to be like it's guardians in a way. Uh, so I'm kind of like in the motion of just moving forward now after uh, the whole Infinity War in game. Yeah. Uh, and Angelina doesn't strike me anymore as like wanting to go see any of her movies. 
Back in the day, yes. Nowadays, no. So I'm really why? Not... She's not Tomb Raider. Yeah, she's not Tomb Raider. That's I'm just why. Saying. <laughs> That's a big one. <laughs> I, I think that the new Tomb Raider is better, anyways. In my opinion, I'm a, I'm a fan Actually, of the Tomb Raider. I haven't seen it because I seen the trailer and it was uh, so much of the video game. So I'm like, I don't need to copycat the video game. Um, but anyway, like I just this is not striking me um, yeah. at all, really, for it. Yeah, you, so like, I mean, yeah, like it's a movie where I'm like. Okay, I want to see how like actors do. How are they going to play in these roles? Um, is it a movie I'm going to be waiting for? You know, that minute for it to come out to watch. Am I all hyped up and excited for it? No. Will I watch it? Probably. But yeah. it's not one where I'm going to be like, okay, can't wait. It it's there when it's there. Yeah, I hope it's something new. I hope it's something new enough for us to be intrigued. Uh, you had a good point there, though, that where the jokes are going to be more awkward. That joke at the end where I don't know what it's it's Rob Stark. Uh, what he's saying, like, I could lead the Avengers. It was just like, ugh, dude, that's, like, so lame. It just did not land well at all. And everybody's laughing at it. I'm like, this might suck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They overkill it sometimes. Yeah, they do. Yeah. All right. So well, that's kind of they- like what, well, like, well, real, like, real quick, what they did with the Mulan movie. That I, I hate, I can't stand the newer live action Mulan movie. But they tried throwing in jokes with that. And it just, that, really? it just was more awkward than anything else because that, that movie just doesn't have that tone. So when they throw in a joke, it's really not that, it's, like I said, more awkward than anything else. Yeah. Uh, one person we got to meet finally is Kit Harrington's Black Knight. So I want to kind of go over his story. He's very unknown, but it's important to go over his story because Kevin Feige in 2019 told Good Morning America that uh, they plan on using him more than just the Eternals. So he's likely going to have his own story. And here's why I think it's important. We've talked about it many times on this podcast that Marvel to stay fresh needs to add genres within the Marvel universe. And we see that Ant-Man has your heists. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is pretty much just a straight comedy. Thor's becoming that as well. We see these, right? Uh, God, Winter Soldier is one of my favorite spy thrillers. <laughs> you know, it's, and it's also a Captain America movie. Well, I think with, with Black Knight, we're going to get our first fantasy movie. Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones, funny enough. I think we're going to have that. So let me break down who he is real fast. His name is Dane Whitman. Uh, he cut, he's the ninth member of his family to wield the Ebon Blade. Uh, the Ebon Blade's hand it down. If you're worthy, you could be a hero with it. If you're not, you become a villain with it. It kind of judges you and corrupts you or strengthens you. Uh, only one other person in his family, Percy from Medieval Times, became a good Black Knight. All the others became villains. His uncle, who handed him the sword, Dane Whitman, the sword, um, he actually was a villain to the Avengers back in the old days. Percy was a hero that Stan Lee created before Marvel even existed. And so it, he's a real old school character. Uh, the current version has a sword. He uh, has a, a horse that can fly and he's kind of just he's kind of an interesting character, right? Um, he'll have a lot of magic people that he fights with. And eventually he does lose the Ebon Blade for a while. He uses Excalibur at one point, and then he later on has an iconic laser sword uh, that he uses a lot, which is a lightsaber, basically. Um, so that kind of gives you guys an idea of what he is. And I think we can get a lot of stories, not necessarily exactly Dane Whitman, but from his you know, great-great-great-uncle or dad or whatever, uh, Percy, who is in medieval times. And I was kind of thinking who is around back in those days. It's the ancient one from from Doctor Strange, so he could be that could be like the Merlin for his story. We have Thanos. I'm tired of seeing Thanos, but he technically was around. Um, the Celestials. There's a lot of these like kind of older characters that could still be around from back then, and it might be a way to introduce a whole fantasy genre. genre. Uh, do you guys think that Marvel can handle a fantasy franchise, either movie or series? Squeaks, what do you think? Hell yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm actually the only. I hope. I'm not really that excited for the Eternals that I think hopefully Black Knight, like they say, is going to advance in its own way and be used more often. That'd be so badass to get something totally fresh from the Marvel Universe or any superhero universe, really, uh, to get them like that whole Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings feel like you mentioned. Um, even with a laser sword, I think that'd be yeah. badass. Just but doesn't I correct me if I'm wrong, doesn't he get like a dragon or some shit later on? Isn't there dragons involved in his storyline at all? There is a dragon. Uh, that he, I think he might write it at some point. It's one of uh, Iron Man's villains as a dragon. And so I think he, okay. he fucks around with that one, yeah. Okay, so I was like, man, if we could throw some dragons in there with some laser swords, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm like, damn. Uh, so I'm actually excited for this character as a standalone mm-hmm. than Eternals, period. 
Yeah, I think I'm more excited about him than anything else about Eternal. For sure, for and sure. It's launching point. And I think it's the right actor to do it, too. I mean, it's fresh off of uh, already being the Black Knight, really. Fair, uh-huh. right? He's choosing... The, <laughs> uh, I think it was um, Charlie from Emergency Awesome that brought up a good point. The last time that those two, that Rob Stark and, uh, and Jon Snow were on screen together, jo- uh, Rob said to him, the, last time I was, the next time I'll see you, you'll be wearing all black. That's the last time they're on screen together. And now they'll be on screen together as the Black Knight. So there's a little bit of like nerd freaking out moment right there for everybody. That's funny. That's funny. Now, I'm a little worried about Kit Harington's acting because he always plays that moody, kind of grumpy dude that's just kind of always looking off into the distance. Cheddar, are you excited for the Black Knight? And do you think Kit Harington's the right actor for this? So, uh, ooh, that's, a, so that's a tough call. Can he be that fantasy character? Right? Yeah. I understand Game of Thrones is fantasy, uh, but can he continue to to play that role. Um, do I think he's going to do good in it? Yes. Is it going to make me want to keep watching it? That, that I don't know. Uh, and that's going to be the question. So um, I think he'll do good in it. I don't think it's too far off from each other, but mm-hmm. I, I think they're way different. Yeah. And their Marvel's approach to movies is going to be so different too. So it would be weird to see how they would even handle a Marvel movie. I think they would have to actually like straight up like, I mean, it's crazy, but tap Dan and Dave, the guys that did Game of Thrones, are like, hey, you guys want to do some more stuff? Or something like that. <laughs> like, tap somebody who's in that universe already. Um, and there's not a lot of fantasy genre out right now. There, I mean, we everybody's making the next Game of Thrones, but all those people are tapped. <laughs> so what are you going to do, right? Um, I know, Squeaks, you watched all of Game of Thrones. Cheddar, did you have a chance to yeah. watch all of Game of Thrones? Yeah, oh yeah. Okay. So hopefully we'll see something out of this. Um, I'm excited for some more fantasy stuff for sure, wherever it comes from. Um, I'd like to see what Marvel can do with it. Sticking in the Marvel world, Guardians of the Galaxy game is on the way. Uh, YouTuber Jeff Grubb, he he does a lot of he has a show called Game Mess, and he does a lot of like leaks and stuff like that. Well, he discovered that at E3, Square Enix is supposed to be announcing a Guardians of the Galaxy game. They're probably going to be working with Crystal Dynamics. Uh, this team is the one that made the Avengers game. Squeaks, I know you played it. Uh, Squeaks, do you think after the release and, and launch and everything like that of a Marvel Avengers, they can handle another big title like Guardians of the Galaxy? Uh, it's a little nervousome. So obviously we played it quite a bit together and I was a big fan of the game where I, to the point I was about to pick it up maybe like two days ago again, just to reinstall it and play as a Hawkeye. <laughs> I was feeling it. I was feeling myself. Yeah. And, uh, but we all know how that game kind of tanked when it comes to content and bugs and whatnot. Uh, yeah. I mean, think about it. I don't even think the PS four or five version, whatever the PlayStation version even has Spider-Man yet. And they promised Spider-Man for it. Uh, I mean, I could be wrong, but I haven't heard anything about it. So yeah. it is kind of worrisome. Um, I think they need to obviously learn from how the Avengers tanked and deliver that content. Now I had a fun time with it cause we're used to kind of grinding games. So me just redoing a level to get more gear, I was totally fine with, but it's when you get to those bugs where I had one that this is the one that made me kind of stop everything is where you finish the level uh, and it crashes the game and you don't get nothing out of it. And that's happened multiple yeah. times to where I don't redo shit like that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So um, I super enjoy. I thought the story was great though. If we're just talking about a single player campaign, I thought the story was great. So I am expecting another great story uh, with the guardians of the galaxy. And it almost feels like it'll be the same, right? So we'll have, uh, you have the Avengers in that first game, but now you're just going to have, you know, four characters instead of five characters mm-hmm. instead of, uh, you know, whatever amount they had the last one. So, yeah. And they could, they could add any, I mean, really the Guardians of the Galaxy opens the cosmic door. So you could add anybody, Super Scroll, whatever, like you could add anybody from the cosmic world of Marvel into this. It could be their space Avengers, essentially. Yeah. If they wanted to. Uh, Cheddar, do you have a chance to play the Avengers game? So, uh, uh, not too much. Uh, I did see it. I did uh, look up a bit about it before even kind of purchasing or getting into it. But what I know from the game is it, it didn't have the best reviews. Yeah. Um, it, it had a lot of negative feedback. So can that company handle that game? Um, should they stick to old school Tomb Raider? Um, I, I don't know. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but like Squeak said, you know, if they can learn from what they messed up on a hundred percent, but if they're going to try to do the same thing again, it's not going to fly. Would you buy a Guardians of the Galaxy game? Um, I think depending on how this one looks or how it turns out, um, would I be the first one to buy this one? Probably not. 
uh, after uh, you know, I I know Squeaks and I know you. You're gonna be the first one to buy it, so I, I'm gonna play off you guys. <laughs> I call so Drax. Don't yeah. fucking touch Drax. <laughs> hey, so you guys tell me, more. right? <laughs> that that's what it's all about. So I, I'm gonna go off you guys, right? Yeah. Uh, or the listeners, right? See what they say. Yeah. <laughs> see what they think. Um, and and go from there. The one big plus I see out of using the Guardians of the Galaxy is. I felt like the different levels, we had to repeat them so much, they kind of got stale, and they looked similar in a lot of ways. But Guardians of the Galaxy, they could be a different planet. So you could have purple plants over here, and you could have a volcano planet over there, and you could straight up be on Tatooine on that one. So I think the levels would be so distinct and cool-looking that it might not feel like such a grind returning to them. Because, I mean, I was, I was getting worn out, literally going through the same facilities over and over again. Um, there just wasn't enough places to grind, I think, in this Avengers game. So I'm hoping they can they learn from their mistakes and try again. Because you, you know, you, uh, you played on PC. Did you play on on the P, uh, PlayStation at all, Squeaks? Just check it real quick. No, just solely on PC. Same. Okay. Um, you know what you said about the level is is kind of perfect. You know what I hope they do in this Guardians that they did in Marvel was that you know in some levels you're dropped in the same area but your objective's different. So you'll just go to a different side of the map or whatever. I hope legitly each level is really like a different location. I mean, yeah. you said like different planets, but I don't want to be dropped on the same planet just going to a different spot, you know? Like I wouldn't right. mind having like kind of like a straight through um, pathway instead of a little open and just having that be different every single time. Yeah. Look-wise. They, they yeah. could have it randomly generate or something like that in different areas to really yeah. kind of spice things up. Maybe change you know. the weather. Like, oh, hey, it's a snowstorm on this planet. Whatever. Be careful. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Moving on to our next thing. Uh, now, me and Squeaks are both professionals at this game. So we're, we're, we're looking at joining the uh, Overwatch League. But I'm yep. looking over at you, Cheddar. Have you, <laughs> have you played much of Overwatch? Uh, I have. I, when it first came out, I, I played it a lot, quite a bit. I've died down. Okay. Um, I, I can say I'm not good at all. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm familiar and I, I did play quite a bit. I think we need to get the team back together, Squeaks. I think we need to get Cheddar involved. I think we need to get, you know, Jonathan out of retirement. Uh, get Daniel <laughs> to do these updates. I think we need to get the team back together. I think we can do it. We'll carry them. Um, <laughs> I think so. I think so. Uh, so we're all waiting for Overwatch 2, and really that's kind of why we, we chilled out on playing so much, because it's like Overwatch 2 is taking forever. And first of all, it sounds like it's coming out in 2022, so it's going to take even longer. But some of the big updates we got out of this last, uh, it's called the Developer PvP Livestream. Revealed a few things. First off, a lot of the characters are getting reworked. Uh, May, for example, is getting, um, instead of freezing characters, she just does damage over time and slows them. I know for May fans, it's not a big, big, uh, a fan favorite move for them to do. Makes her more damage instead of uh, support. Um, some characters like uh, uh, Bastion are getting full reworks. His spells will be completely new. They haven't revealed him yet, but they're doing a full rework on him. They thought he was too niche. I disagree. I really liked him. Uh, is there any characters that you guys feel deserve a rework or at least tweak some of their abilities to make them more useful? Um, I would say something that I kind of miss is Mercy's uh, ultimate, her old school ultimate, where she was able to heal uh, instead of just flying around. Yeah. Uh, I really think, I mean, the flying around is great because it gives you different locations faster, but I really miss that old school Mercy where it actually felt like her healing was next level when you play her. Because to be honest, like some, heal some healers, I'm taking some damage is like okay there's that one character that literally just fits the part of the role and should be like that one step above uh you know like the feel of it mm -hmm. and mercy is kind of like that in my eyes to where like she's the goddess of healers you know so yeah. like really make her feel like she is instead of just i'm just floating around in the sky yeah i miss that yeah and she was she's cool when she's floating around the sky i mean she's harder to hit and stuff like that but it's not as advantageous really because a lot of times you need to be close to the ground to heal your guys anyways your tank's not flying mm -hmm. up there. So, uh, Cheddar, is there anybody that you think should be tweaked? So, no, I agree with Mercy. Uh, I think Squeaks is going to hate that May update because I, I remember yeah. him using that character quite a bit. Um, but uh, <laughs> not necessarily uh, tweaked. Uh, I think I was so bad that they just didn't need to get tweaked. I needed to get better. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, like, uh, one off the top of my head is, is Tracer. Right, I'm going backwards and dying at the same time, so uh, that's the one I, I can never get down. Oh, uh, yeah, that's one of the I highest skill cap characters in the game, dude. Yeah, of course, that's a tough one to play. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I try it and then I get so mad. I'm like, you know, I'm never playing this game again. And then, like, two months yeah. later, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna try this character again. Um, right. and then uh, Lucio, 
That's his name, right? I, I can never mm. get him down. Uh, it's just, I don't know why. to get down. That one's, you just run around. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the problem. Maybe that's why. Because like halfway through, I'm like, this sucks. Next person. He needs more like an active heal. You know what I'm saying? It's just not, yeah. he'll increase his overall healing. Like he'll increase that healing aura. But he needs something to actively like heal somebody that's getting hurt up real bad, I think. He, yeah, he's yeah. a good one to fix up. Yeah. Um, okay, and we're also getting the the uh, new zones. We're going to be going to Rome, Toronto, New York, Rio, and Monte Carlo. More to come, but those are the ones that are out so far. They all look pretty good. The biggest change, and the reason that everybody's on Twitter just yelling, is they're switching from 66 to 5 to 5. What this does is it drops one of the tanks. So it's going to be one tank, two DPS, and two healers. Um, this changes the meta quite a bit, Squeaks. What do you think this will do to the game? And I don't want to bash on it yet. I think a lot of people are going nuts for it right now. But, I mean, maybe this might end up being something good. You know, I mean, you never know. We we never experienced what it would be on 5-on-5 five five with only one tank. So, I mean, maybe it might work out, you know. Um, I think, I'm assuming, okay, this is just on top of my head. I'm thinking that the tanks might be a little more beefier now because there is only one. They're increasing uh, their damage. I know that much. Okay. I guess it just depends who you really... So then that kind of sucks. You're playing a Roadhog who's like crazy short range. And now you're going to increase that already. <laughs> like, God dang, he one shots me all the time. Um, uh, but it would be nice for Winston. I did see some different uh, moves for Winston. He's got that yeah. single shot laser. So that's kind of cool. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I'm not going to bash on it yet. Cause I would like to play it first before I start bashing on it. Some of those tanks, Winston and Roadhog, you both called out are actually being uh, considered bruiser DPS now. So uh, I'm not sure necessarily if you'll be able to pick them as a tank, but they are now at least playable as a DPS. Because they're gonna be oh, so that's is that why they're damaging some kind of class now too. Well, I I don't know. I, it might be something you can just pick both ways. But I know if I were playing a DPS and then I saw my tank was Roadhog, I mean I'm already un unhappy if it's like a Roadhog and a Winston, right? It's like, can one of you guys please play you know Reinhardt or Orisa so we can win this thing? Yeah, um, some of the shields. Right, and and if that's the case still, and it's your only tank, if your only tank is a Roadhog, you're going to have a heck of a hard time. He's just not tanky enough, or he's not played as a tank very well, because people don't understand that his body is the tank, and you heal it all the time. They're always trying to get the kills, and that's not what you need to do. Um, This messes things up for me, man. Honestly, as long as I'm, st <laughs> I'm, I'm still going to be Orisa, but I liked even playing as the that big beefy tank, having the other tank kind of push the line a little bit so that I could kind of move it up right behind him. That was a good duo. I don't know. This, this is supposed to be a solution to slow DPS queues, but I don't think this is the trick. Uh, Cheddar, do you think there's any ways to make the DPS queue a little faster? So uh, I'm not so necessarily DPS queue. I'm not too sure how they're going to increase that portion. Um, I think this will help. But uh, like you guys were saying, uh, I know Squeaks doesn't want to bash on it, but... <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and bash on it. Um, so uh, will this make certain tanks OP and will this make certain tanks just not be played or certain DPS just, you know, you have that one specific set. Um, kind of like other video games, there's just some players that just aren't played. I mean, is this going to really just tear the whole tank part out of the game? Uh, you're going to have your one or two, like you were saying, and, uh, and, and that's it. Um, I, I don't know if this is going to do that. I hope not, um, but I don't know if this is the fix yeah. for DPSQ. Uh, yeah, and, and it kind of reminds me of League of Legends. I know we all played League of Legends, but that game used to be great when you had like glass cannons and just beefy tanks. But now most people are like these heavy bruisers, like everybody's an off tank. So it's not as fun to me because you don't have like those Jin Zhao's and the Master Yi's that were just like, go in and kill before you die. You know, those don't, that, that kind of gameplay is not really warranted anymore. And I think with Overwatch, if they become full on DPS, then yeah, you might see more Roadhogs as DPS than you will see Tracers that are these like kind of glass candy kind of characters, you know? Um, do you think this might, like uh, what Cheddar was saying for a second, might change the meta to where there might not be a meta? There's probably always a meta, but you know, like maybe to break the habit of, you know, you watch the uh, Overwatch League and it's like, okay, you yeah. got maybe one different character than the other team that's being played. I wonder if this will change it to where you're going to see a more variety of characters in these tournaments. I would like for them to kind of open up a little bit more on what is defined as a tank. Just like with May is a really great example. May is an excellent support. She's not played as a support. But if you gave that that slowing thing down a heal, she becomes an excellent support where you could also slow down other people yeah. and, and heal your own teammates. 
I'd like for them to kind of open that up a little bit. Um, yeah, they, they, during the live stream, it was a long live stream, but during the live stream, they were saying they were testing a bunch of different comps out. What if we do three DPS? What if we do, uh, they did up to seven and they did like down to four and try to like see what felt right. And this was the one that felt really good. So the team's doing their due diligence to make sure that the meta works. But by definition, the meta, like, it rises above what the developers expect. The meta is created by the people who play the game. So they don't know what the meta will be because they're not the ones that yeah. have to really test this out, this thing out the competition. It'll be Shock. It'll be Dallas Fuel that decides what the meta will be, you know? <laughs> so, um, and LA Gladiators, if they're playing the game. It's yeah, I was going to say, give me some I fucking know, credit. I know, I Well, we'll see what happens. Um, I don't know, man. This is a big change, and I'm really hoping that there's at least an option to play six on six, because it feels like that's how the game was meant to play. Yeah, man. yeah, and, and I'm hoping after the it really rolls out there, they they take that feedback from the players, um, and they make those yeah. adjustments if it's needed. I yeah, mean, I think if they have the option to play six on six, that five by five will uh, go away. Yeah, they might not let you just. You have to get used to the five v five. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, next up, we have the a uh, lot of new details from Far Cry 6. Um, before we get started, we want to make sure to mention the fact that I mean, last week we talked about the whole sexual harassment thing that, that Ubisoft's getting caught up in right now. Um, there is no updates on that. They're still dealing with that, and there's nobody got fired from it yet. They're still kind of pushing it down the road. So keep that in mind before you go buy any Ubisoft games. But let's talk about the developers game that they made you know a lot of hard work went into this by the guys on the bottom of the, of the ladder so let's talk about far cry 6 um cheddar are you a far cry fan um i know it um yeah. i played a bit of it uh am i a huge fan uh no not, not a huge fan I, I can't tell you everything about it uh you would love I, these i'm games, sure you guys can go more yeah yeah i want to buy you far cry 5 now <laughs> get you into far cry <laughs> now squeaks you play these games right yes all right so um, here we go. This new one, you're gonna be playing. We got some details on the story. It's gonna be set on a fictional island called Yara. Um, he's a dictator, played by Giancarlo Esposito, one of the bad guys from Breaking Bad. You know that tells you right there. Oh, and Mandalorian. Now we can start throwing out Mandalorian. Right. <laughs> mm -hmm. By the way, I put out a TikTok of this Mandalorian mug that was at Walmart. Thing's gorgeous. Check it out. Mm. Uh, anyway, so he shuts down the island from the outside world, and it starts to collapse. The people are rising up, and you are one of the guerrilla fighters rising up. You're actually born on the island, and you're raised as a guerrilla fighter. Uh, you play Danny Rojas. You can choose whether or not that's a female or a male. And uh, the entire time, you're like building weapons, which is kind of unique. Instead of just like, oh, I found a gun, you're actually kind of building your weapons. Uh, everybody's talking about the uh, <laughs> the CD launcher. I don't know if you guys saw the CD launcher that plays the that. Macarena plays song the, Macarena. the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> just like, oh my god, 90s blast. Um, and yeah, so anyway, so you're doing that. You're, you're basically, it's a Far Cry game. You're going to try to overthrow Giancarlo Esposito. And uh, it looks pretty good. What were your guys' thoughts from the gameplay? Did you guys have a chance to watch those, Cheddar? So uh, I did see the gameplay. Uh, to me, it looks like a, a normal Far Cry. Yeah. Right? Uh, I, I could be wrong. I'm excited for the CD player because I think I just want to play the music and, yeah. and just leave it going. Um, but w what I did see about this Far Cry is uh, I don't know much about the previous ones. I couldn't tell you, like a dictionary. Uh, but what I do know is that this one kind of gives you more options, right? Of creating those guns, um, new attacks I saw, and then um, the companions, right? I want an alligator with a golden tooth. Yeah, that alligator's dope as hell. Yeah, I'm mm -hmm. just saying. So I think the options this game is bringing is gonna gonna bring people back into it. Yeah, yeah, and it's the biggest map to date so far, is what they're saying as well. Uh, what'd you think of the graphics, though, Cheddar? Um. To me, they were good. They're decent, but yeah. I I don't think they're any, uh, I don't think they're like top graphics ever. But I I think they're decent. Yeah, I think they're pretty close to Far Cry 5's graphics, to be honest with you. But they're definitely not as sharp as we're gonna be talking about uh, Horizon Forbidden West next. I mean, they're definitely not at that par, right? Um, but I think they're pretty solid. Squeaks, what are your thoughts on Far Cry Six? Um, I mean, I did see the different, like, uh, what Cheddar was saying about the, the companions and, uh, the building the guns and whatnot. I think that's kind of neat that they're trying to add different, uh, elements to the game. Mm -hmm. Uh, my problem is that it was hard to finish Far Cry 5 coming off of Far Cry Primal and, what was the last one? Primal I did and play 4. Primal. I like Primal quite a bit because yeah. it's totally different. But, um, it's just, <sighs> it's Ubisoft. We talked about it multiple times. It's just a reskin every time they're bringing out a game. 
So that's why I couldn't finish five, even though I thought the villain was great. And uh, I love, I mean, every opening scene of Far Cry is amazing. Uh, but uh, I couldn't finish it just because like, man, I just got done playing <laughs> this almost the same exact game. So I might wait for this one to kind of see. Uh, I mean, I'm sure the reviews will be pretty decent. Uh, I'm predicting at least eight, but uh, eight out of 10, of course. But uh, I think I might wait a little bit. This one. You're going to wait on this one. I'm buying it day one yeah. just because I'm a Far Cry fan, of course. And uh, yeah. And I, Giancarlo, man, he, he just plays a villain so well. So I'm really excited for that. And there's a whole thing of like him raising his son. Will the son be bad? I kind of thought from the first trailers that you might play as the son who's trying to kill his own dad. I thought that would have been kind of neat, but this works. Um, yeah. I, 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 this is going to be day one purchase for me. Chad, are you buying this thing on day one? Uh, no. So like I said before, I'm going to go off you. Okay, okay. That's right. All right. Well, you can watch my streams. I'll stream it for you then. There you go. go. <laughs> um, yeah, so this is going to be on the past gens, PC, and next gen all October 7th. Uh, you guys should check it out then. All right, next up. So we had gameplay footage for that. We also have gameplay footage for Horizon Forbidden West uh, coming to the PS5 and PS4, which I think might be to their detriment. Uh, Squeaks, I know you're a big PS5 man. What did you think of Horizon Forbidden West? It's like seeing the Mona Lisa painted like <laughs> right when it was finished, you know, like seeing that, like this thing is beautiful. Like it looks so good. And, uh, yeah, I'll be playing it. This, I still, I like some of the, uh, the robots now cause they're more dinosaur look. Like if you saw like one of, on the stage to play, they had like some, um, almost look like, like the raptors literally look more of like a raptors, you know? Yeah. Like, they almost look like, like they got dinosaurs. paint on them now and stuff like that. They're a little more unique, a little more parts to them. Yeah, you can tell there's like an actual like raptor face to it, you know, instead yeah. of just kind of like, hey, the movements, and the the feel of it. Um, so I think that looks gorgeous. Um, I This makes me like, OK, I need to get off my ass because I still haven't beat the first one yet. Um, I think I just got distracted with other games and then I just veered off. Uh, but oh, man, I got to beat it before this thing comes out. Yeah, I, I, I haven't played it yet. I'm a buddy of mine played it and it was on my list after God of War. But then, you know, other games, of course. Um, what kind of improvements do you see in this game versus the game, the first game? Oh, man. Um, I think the basic, I don't know if this is improvements, but it maybe a challenge to it, which I might like a little more, is that it seems like, okay, so the state of the play, you first encounter that raptor. Right. There was one part where the raptor just like, like a yelled and it kind of slowed you down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Not something that those basic ones that in the beginning of the, the first one, didn't really have those kind of challenges yeah um i think this one too there's gonna be more um environmental use Ooh, not like just that. hiding in yeah not, not just hiding hiding in plants and shit but you can like uh well one part she was like climbing on a, a stone or something like that or whatever the case may be like structures right. uh and ziplining kind of up there so i think that's gonna be interesting uh and really fun it kind of gives that uncharted feel to it mm-hmm. um yeah, tar- Tomb Raider Uncharted feel to it. So, yeah. Not just that, but she's actually, uh, from what I understand, because uh, uh, Kyle ended up uh, saying this part, uh, you could like quickly see where the points are and then like jump around a lot too, like zip line and jump around a lot more than yeah. just like, hey, this is the path to climb up. Now you're actually using the environment to your advantage. I really liked how when she was fighting that big mammoth, it didn't feel like it was in a, a predetermined arena. A lot of times when you go into a game, you're like, oh, hey, here's an opening. Clearly, I'm about to fight a boss. It felt like this mammoth just came in at the wherever she was standing and she fought it. And of course, the sand dynamics. I ended up watching a video all on just the sand dynamics of that scene and how much work they put into that. It's just fascinating. Um, But everybody's talking about, I mean, it's stunning looking, but it's at 30 frames per second, which the standard should be 60 at this point, right? Uh, 60 frames makes the game look smoother. And at 30 game frames, if you guys could recognize a 30 frames per second game, by the motion blur. So when you like turn real fast, whatever, you'll see a little bit of a blur that doesn't exist uh, in uh, 60 frames per second. Uh, Cheddar, do you notice a difference between 60 and 30 frames when you're playing a game? Um, so I guess, I don't know if I necessarily notice a difference, but I guess it depends on what game I'm playing. So I think that needs to be the question is, is am I, uh, am I uh, in a multiplayer game with a lot going on um, and I feel like my life's dependent on, uh, on it? Um, I think brain rate is more necessary but if i'm in a game like this or if i'm in far cry i'm all about the graphics so i think it's yeah. going to depend on the game 
Yeah, that's a good one. And, and this one has the the beautiful environment that you're involved with. It's not like it's a first person shooter, like you're playing Fortnite or something like that. No, it's this big environment. It's gorgeous. So it's kind of nice to see that bright texture. The lighting is really great in this game. Uh, that's a good point. I, I myself don't normally notice it. I I know I played the God of War, I think it was at the 60 frames per second, and it was great, but I don't know if I noticed anything different from 30 frames per second. Uh, I just kind of think at this point, it should be standard. Um, I know in the last Spider-Man, you chose which one you want. You either want the 30 to 60, or you wanted the better graphics. Which do you guys prefer? Would you rather have higher frames per second or better graphics? What do you think, Cheddar? Uh, I think, again, I'm going to circle back. What, what's the, what game am I playing? Well, uh, on I'm sorry, on this particular game. Oh, I, I would like... I like the graphics on this particular game. Yeah. Yeah, you're better, you're better off seeing the environment you're in. Okay, what do you think? What do you think, Squeaks? So when I played Spider-Man, I went with graphics because I really wanted to see like that 4K-ness of uh, uh, the PS5 because right. I was that was my first game when I played. Now, saying that, uh, the frame rate didn't really... Uh, like, I, it wasn't noticeable. Kind of like what you said, 30 to 60, whatever the case may be. But... I've played games with 60 frames plus at 1080, uh, at 1080p. And I think that's the fucking perfect combination for me. At least I'll yeah. take a 1080p over 4k with 60 frames instead of 30 any day. Really? That shit. Oh man. So because it's like the, the smoothness of it is almost like an enhanced field to me. Yeah. Actually, I don't, I dude, something about when you're moving your character first person, uh, and it's so it's just so smooth. It's like, oh man, it's just a hard on. Like I love looking, <laughs> I, I love looking around. It's just being so freaking fluent, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I I do care about the sixty frames per, uh, you know, the sixty FPS. Um, I think that I agree that it is standard now. If this is supposed to be the next gen, we're supposed to be how powerful both consoles are. That it, there's no there's no excuses. Like this needs to run at sixty. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, yeah, maybe I'm not paying attention enough, but man, the way you're describing it, I definitely need to play more uh, 60 <laughs> FPS. Um, yeah, maybe I gotta play is there, more. Is but there any I'm, reason why they're running this one on 30? I, I haven't heard, well, the reason I think it might be is because it's gonna be playable on the PS4 as well. So I think they're kind of like, well, we need to make sure this thing can play on, the, on a weaker system like the PS4. So, which is a shame, because also if it plays on the PS4, it has to play on the first version of the PS4. They can't say like, oh, only on PS4 X or whatever the hell it is. PS4 Pro, I think it is. It has to be in the first version, which Cyberpunk had a hell of a time with that. They didn't really think about that. And so, like, the original Xbox couldn't handle it, like the newer Xbox One. And I definitely, you know, Xbox Series X was even better than that. So, we'll see. Um, I know there's other games where there's people are doing a side by side. Biomutant, for example, just came out on the 25th. And it was like they had all the different systems side by side. They showed videos of it. And the frames per second were great, something like that. And it boiled down to, matter of fact, actually, it boiled down to a 10, a 10, 1080, I think it was, um, uh, 60 frames per second on a PC was running it like way better than everything else was better than the PS5 or the Series X. So that's what it is. I'm, yeah, because I'm playing uh, well, I was well, off and on. So the reason why I went with my uh, my comment on it and my thoughts is because I'm playing Doom on my PC. I yep. mean, my Mars obviously more than 1080, whatever it is. Uh, but 60 frames compared to any first person that I had on a console, it's just so fluent and beautiful. I love how smooth it is. But watching it on like a this video on a YouTube Horizon, you really couldn't. I didn't really notice like that was a factor, like 30 frames, 60 frames. So I guess it's just gonna yeah. depend how it feels when you actually have the game in your hands. Yeah. All right, we'll see if they can fix that up. I know there's a lot of uh, complaints online, and the last time I saw that for a game that's not released yet was uh, Halo. And it got delayed and it's getting fixed. So maybe that'll happen with this. Either way, it's gorgeous. So but hopefully we see that. There was somebody that if you guys want to find it, I'll put a link to it um, when I put this up on our website, this this particular podcast. Uh, there's a video of somebody who actually was able to enhance the gameplay footage 260 frames per second. You can see what it looks like. And it was very interesting to watch that. All right. Uh, last two bits here. Real small, real easy. BlizzCon 2021 is canceled this year, guys. Uh, they are going to do a hybrid event in 2022, early 2022. Um, they're saying that there will be some physical, like in-person stuff in 2022. So fingers crossed for that. Uh, we'll do some sort of blizzard thing in November to make up for this. Uh, right now we're just kind of down. So we don't have any plans for that, but it'll be eventually something. We'll figure it out. 
the other thing is E3 is coming out uh, from June 12th to the 15th. That's next month in a couple weeks. So what, what our plans are, I'm going to spill it all out for you guys. We're going to be on everything. Uh, we're going to be doing live streams for every single day, watching the things, doing live reactions. Um, I'm still working on negotiating how much of the show we could stream. We have media pass for them, but basically just means that we get uh, access to the information earlier. But nevertheless, we're going to see how much of the show we could actually stream out there too. Uh, we're going to be posting the big announcements in a podcast form. Uh, it'll likely be at the end of each one of those days, a recap of what was announced at, at BlizzCon or at uh, E3. Um, we may just do like the Xbox and the and the Nintendo Day and stuff like that. We'll have to see. Uh, we're gonna have reaction videos. It'll be the very first reaction videos we do on YouTube. Uh, we've been kind of kicking this around, and we have some other friends that are gonna be joining in on the reaction stuff too. We'll be filming those and putting them up as the things are announced. We'll see how fast Frank can edit. That's that's my goal is to edit as fast as possible for those. We'll see. And then we'll have articles for every developer as as expected. So if you go to our website, you'll get articles recapping everything for E3. Uh, question for you guys. It's not in the notes, so hopefully you guys are ready for an exciting one. What are you most excited to see from E3? Nintendo. Okay, so <laughs> I even did that. You guys don't know this. I'm watching the video right now, and he did full-on the wave <laughs> move, so just heads up on that. Okay, so I'm excited for Nintendo for a couple reasons. One, I'm hoping for some gameplay of, um, well, actually, maybe not gameplay, but at least a bigger trailer for Metroid 4, So I've been waiting for that motherfucking game. Since regular Wii, okay. So, uh, Metroid, I hope they kind of show off. What I'm really for is we get more gameplay of the Pokemon Legends, um, because we do have dates now for that. So I'm hoping since we have a date that maybe you could kind of show us more of the gameplay. Uh, God, what else big? I think what we got Mario Golf, which is just around the corner, which I'm surprised that I kind of didn't hear anything until very recent. Um, so I'm excited for it. I'm excited for Nintendo. So I'm definitely beyond what live reactions with Nintendo for you. Okay. That'll be good. I think we're going to have a, I'm going to talk to him, but um, Tyler, the esports coach for, for uh, super smash brothers. I think we're going to have him on that one too. So just because okay. if there's anything smash brothers, he'll know the inside from the esports side of it. So that will be good. Um, okay. What do you think Cheddar? What are you excited to see from E3 this year? So I know Halo is a popular one, right? Yeah. And we need that game out real quick. Microsoft so, banking and, for it. And you guys can probably educate me and everyone else on this one. What's the what's Starfield or what's your thoughts on that one? Have you oh. seen much about that? Yeah, that might be an Xbox exclusive now, actually. Uh, so that is Bethesda's next big game. That's a whole new IP. And uh, from what I've been hearing, it's likely going to be Microsoft only. And uh, that's we don't have enough, but hopefully we get a full trailer for that game. It'll be from Bethesda, so that's always a good sign. So I think the, I think those are two that that have to be in E three. Yeah, yeah. Starfield's a really good, really good one there. Um, I'm looking forward to Elder Scrolls Six from Bethesda as well. I want something showing some Elder Scrolls Six footage. Uh, the best thing from Skyrim when it came out in 2011, I think it was 2011, um, was the environment. I mean, man, I would just stop and watch the grass just because it was like, oh, this shit's so cool. Well, now we have ray tracing, and now we have 60 frames per second, and we have 4K, 8K TVs and stuff like that. I want to see what you guys can bring, Bethesda. I know it'll have bugs because that's just your guys' jam, but it better look gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm hoping to see something like that. If I can get a if I can get a freaking Elder Scrolls game that looks like Horizon Forbidden West, I am gonna shill out for the big one, the biggest collector's Damn, edition you guys yeah. got. So, and that's a lot because BioMutant's collector's edition was like four hundred bucks. So <laughs> that's freaking nuts. Holy shit! Damn. It was nuts, man. It, and it came with like nothing fancy. It was like, oh, you want a CD uh, too? Four hundred dollars. No, it's yeah, because I still have a CD trays in my house. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. To launch it from Far Cry Six Guns. Uh, <laughs> all right, next up, guys, we have our review of A Quiet Place Two with Joe, who actually returned for an episode. That's nice. Maybe he'll start doing some more of those. And like his brother, <laughs> Joe Solis. Yeah. Well, yeah. Let's say his last name on a, on a podcast that goes around the world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, Marty, we have Marty's brother come on. They both watch nice. the theater, so we talk about it. So that's coming up next. All right. All right, now we're going over A Quiet Place 2, and I'm joined by Marty. What's up, Marty? Hey. And I'm joined by Joe. Hi. Oh, my God, Joe. Joe's been gone for about 150 episodes, and he comes back with that weak sauce. 
So I'm a little concerned. What um, up, guys? <laughs> the last I looked it up, Joe. You know the last episode you were on was Wild Classic. Getting ready for Wild Classic. Oh God. Yeah, that's uh two years ago, if I remember correctly. It's been out for a while now. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about those actors because I think it's really important to note that, you know, John Krasinski um, and his wife are both in this. And then we also have uh, Melissa uh, Simmons, who's actually a deaf person playing a deaf person in a movie, which is really cool in this. Um, was there any particular actor that really stood out to you this time? What do you think, Marty? So the MVP, I have to give it up for Melissa. Yeah. She plays the deaf daughter and she becomes like the main character. Yeah, she really does. She steps up to it. Yeah, uh, there's there's something about the way they do her um, um, the audio the sound design for her where like it'll be crazy like for example in the in the beginning when we're seeing kind of the prequel, um, things are just falling apart. We hear that that loud screeching of tires and the monsters ripping through whatever, and then we go from her point of view and it's deaf quiet and it's just like it's so eerie and it just drops you down a little bit, you know. Um, and then she does such a great job. She has to really carry the show a lot in this one. Uh, yeah, every time it's told from her point of view, I find that a highlight. Yeah, yeah, you're exactly yeah, right. Yeah, I, I do like when it gets like that dead silent part of the movie. Like, you know, it did the same thing in the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's what really like got me hooked into the movie from the get go is when they so when they do do those flashes to that perspective, I'm like, nice. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they do a good job. It kind of reminds me of like how some novels are written where it's told by different people's point of views, but the story's progressing the entire time. And this happened that happens in this film. We actually have three different points of view at a certain point. And I think they did a really good job of kind of pairing up people in good ways. Emily Blunt could obviously carry the screen all on all, all on her own. Uh we have their son played by Noah Jupe. Yeah. Um and he does pretty good. Now Noah Jupe, he looks like the kid from Stranger Things, right? Is did anybody else get that vibe? For he sure. blew up since the first one. Yeah. So he was an honey boy. That yep. Shia LaBeouf movie, mm-hmm. and he was also in uh, what was that racy movie with uh, Matt Damon? Ford vs Ferrari. So, yeah, yeah, he was great in that too. Yeah, and he was using Wonder before that, which is a real tearjerker. It's a good one too. Uh, yeah, so I mean, we're we're seeing some potential stars coming out of this thing, and then of course we have, I mean, my, one of my favorite people on the planet, Killian Murphy, uh, who I always thought it was, I always thought it was Cillian Murphy for the longest time, and then I'm like, oh wait, in an interview he's saying Killian, so okay. I'm in the wrong one. Uh, I think he's the one that stood out to me, and I'm real biased on this because I'm like a Peaky Blinders repeat watcher, and so I have a real hard time. Yes, he's Scarecrow, as Joe <laughs> likes to note, um, but he's the one that stood out to me just because I kind of thought he was going to be a bad guy in this at certain points. Does that make sense without going into the story? When Yeah, when you first meet his character. Yeah. Uh, and and we do we do see that he knew them from beforehand, which is really really neat. That, that I didn't I didn't think that was coming at all. And so when you see him at the baseball game, you're like, oh snap, this is gonna be deeper. He could be a problem, and he, he easily plays a villain. Yeah, I didn't get so uh, again scarecrow. So that's right. how I know him as the villain. And I I could see how you're saying, um, you know you you were thinking he was gonna be a villain, but I didn't right. get that vibe from the start. I don't I don't know where you guys got that vibe from. So I'm not talking about the start of the movie. I'm talking about the present day, the first season, and we can go into that for the spoilers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's let's save that for the spoilers. But yeah, it was as the story was going on. I got it, I kind of got it on the first vibe, first scene because I was thinking of like, okay, how would I write this movie? And it would make sense to me to introduce the character that's going to be like the, well, I've been killing people this whole time, you know, thing like that. So that's what I was kind of thinking. Um, okay, so we have our favorite actors we're talking about here. Uh, let's talk about the directing because, of course, that's one of the big highlights. Is John Krasinski's back to direct? Okay. Well, before moving on, we have to mention uh, Demon Hansu from Blood Diamond. Yeah, but he's only in it. He's so in it for so little. It drives me nuts. Yeah. yeah. But they mentioned him in the trailer, and I was like looking forward to him being in it. Right. Yeah, and he shows up, and he's just like, "Yeah, I'll drive." <laughs> like, what? Yeah, he's not in it enough, unfortunately. Uh, but we, we'll talk about that once we get to the story part because. They really, I think they're setting up a part three with him. I really, I think that's what the deal is. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> There's so much things I want to say spoilery. Okay, so the directing by by uh, John Krasinski, um, Marty. You, I, I heard that you know how many movies he's done, right? Yeah, this was his fourth. Okay. So he did the first one and wrote and directed both. Yeah. And then he also did a movie with Anna Kendrick mm-hmm. called The Hollers. I've seen that one. I don't know what his other movie is. Okay. Yeah, his other movie, I believe, was before The Office. So it was kind of probably, it was like on IFC kind of thing. So pretty indie. Yeah. Uh, what Was there any highlights you saw that was like, that's the director's choice for this film? So I heard that they didn't want him, or well, he didn't want to do another one. He was just fine. Like the first one, they made it for like $17 million, And then it ended up gaining like the worldwide was like 340 So yeah. he could totally just left it at that. And most stories, I think, there's like guts in saying, we're just going to leave it at that. That's a complete story. We don't want to ruin it. So when they like came to him, and he, I think he his idea was to make Millicent the main character. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a highlight going from her being the main star. Yeah. I think that's going to, I think this is the evolution of, and, and then by the third one, she's going to be full, like Tomb Raider. She's going to be the main character we're following. And I think that's that's what's going to eventually happen. Yeah, of the three stories, hers was the best. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, was there any shots that stood out to you? that Because that, uh, there was a few th- different choices to me that I was just like, oh, my God, that's so freaking cool. So he had a lot of shots where it was like, uh, seemed like one continuous shot. Like the one yeah. that I'm thinking about is when she steps on a train. Mm-hmm. And it kind of follows her as she goes throughout the train yeah sorry i liked um actually i noticed like a lot of those shots uh, were at the beginning for me so like um i, well, I don't think him parking his car and walking to the exactly yeah. and then so when we had i guess like you could say the first jump scare would be when the you know he goes to the car like you said he shuts the door when he put the the kid in and then he like turns and the camera like looped around the car following him shutting the door oh. And then, like, the car is coming at him. So that was supposed to be, like, that first jump scare. Um, but just things like that, how it was just all fluid and just in one shot, just going. Those are the ones that kind of, like, stood out to me. And I noticed it from the start that it was going to be like that the rest of the movie. Yeah. Uh, it, my, my favorite thing, because, you know, the director's also in charge of the pacing. And they did this thing where, because they're telling three different stories at once, they would have maybe even just the two, uh, two particular stories. They would have them going on simultaneously, jumping back and forth in between, but the tension was exactly at the right point for each of them. And then particular things like walking both backwards at the same time or walking forwards with the weapon at the same time were were all mirrored. And it's just like, and you would even hear like on the audio, we're going to talk about the audio next because that's probably the most important thing about this movie. Um, The audio would carry from one to the other a little bit. So when you're hearing something ricochet in one and then it's cutting over the other one, you're still hearing the tail end of the ricochet. I mean, I, I, it was just, I, I, I was telling Joe this earlier, I think we still had to start taking John Krasinski seriously as a director now. Uh, we're starting to really see something here that that's starting to show show through. It's the same thing with, uh, was it Jordan Peele when he started doing movies and you're just like, who's this now? <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> after Get Out, you knew that he was yeah. going to be so successful. And after this movie, I want Marvel to give him whatever movie he wants. Fantastic Four. Yes, I agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> Let him star. Get Emma Watt, or Emily Blunt in there too. Let's get the whole family involved. I am down for that. That's a great idea. Uh, okay, audio design in this thing is pretty crazy, right? We have, uh, of course, we've talked about it already. Uh, the silent moments that are really important with this. Um, one of my favorite things is that a lot of the tension comes from just normal sound. It's not like gunfire or anything like that. It's somebody stepping on a can or something like that. Uh, and and the whole time you're just like, to the point where like. There are moments where they feel safe and they're actually making noise freely. And you're like, I don't know, guys, this is not great. <laughs> so I saw he went on Stephen Colbert yeah. and he, Stephen Colbert said the first five minutes was so stressful and nothing happened. Yeah. yeah. So Very like, you know, it's the first day you're waiting for these monsters and every normal sound that they make, you're going to be, is that going to be their last? Yeah. On a side note, that Colbert interview was fantastic because it was the, like the first live guest in his in his little room. That was a really good interview. I think that's what you know, ma- like you said, makes him so um, 
we have to start taking him seriously is just because he's creating that tension Mm -hmm. with nothing. You know what I mean? He's giving us, you know, the tools to put it together to to build that tension on our own. And I think that's just like film. I thought it was great. Like the whole empty street. You don't see anybody for like miles or whatever it seems. And then he pulls up in his truck and you're like, okay, this must be before because you know that nobody drives. Yeah, well, and we know that at the end of the first movie, he's not walking around too much nowadays. So that was like they even do kind of like a reveal, like almost a hero shot with him when he when he's getting out of the truck. Where they kind of pause on him for a sec. You're like, gotcha. Okay, yeah, <laughs> letting us all register. Like, wait a minute. That reminds me of like in theaters. It's the moment where like your girlfriend or uh like you know the the your your parents that you brought with you or whatever. Like, wait, I thought he was dead, and then you have to explain it. So they kind of take they give you a moment with that shot. They give you a moment to do that for you. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Okay, so we went over all the main aspects. Let's go ahead and give this thing a grade, and then we'll go to our spoiler-filled review. Uh, what would you grade this? Marty, let's start with you. So I would say it's like a B plus. You yeah. need to see this in theaters. That's what it was designed for. Mm-hmm. In our screening, he even did like a little like video clip saying, thank you for coming to the theaters. This is how I wanted it to be seen. Yeah. He's actually been surprising in random theaters, too, which is pretty cool. He just like shows up at random theaters and... Hi, I'm John Krasinski, and I'm amazing. You know that whole thing. But yeah, Joe, what what grade did you give this man? Um, I think I'm gonna give it the same thing. I'm gonna give it like a cl- uh, like a solid A. Uh, okay. Again, it definitely needs to be seen in theaters. Uh, I was there with Marty, so I got that same you know message. I do think that's how the first one definitely needed to be seen was in theaters. Um, so this one uh, is just gonna be the same thing. You just have to have that whole you know environment a full with a full uh, packed theater. And just everybody yeah. just being dead silent with the film. Um, I still think I think I like the first one a little bit better. So I'm, I probably gave that one like a a my a plus or something. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna give this one like a solid A. Um, I still think there's like a a couple things that could have been different or or we could have been given more information. Um, we'll get into that next though. Yeah, uh, I myself I'm giving it a B plus, and I would yeah I would give the first movie an A. And I think a lot of that leans on just the the concept, the idea, the first movie, that whole, oh man, it's a, it's a, it's a heart wrencher with the little kid and everything like that. in the first part of the first movie just gets you so involved. And I think they try to do that with this movie too, but I, I don't think it landed as well as the first movie. So yeah. well, great. without getting into why the, the, this movie doesn't have as personal stakes as the first one. Right. Yeah. Well, we're going to get it. Let's, let's get into why here in just a moment. Uh, those listening right now, we'll just sign you guys off real quick. Thank you guys for joining. Um, thank you to our patrons, Marco, Kevin, Scott, Sonny, and Fly Pirate. Uh, appreciate it, guys. Uh, we'll see you guys uh, next week. We have we have the launch of our brand new show, Trek Freaks, uh, with Kevin and John. Uh, it's a really exciting show and a lot of editing in that one. So we got sound effects and all the fancy shit. So. See you guys next week. Bye. for joining us on the geek freaks podcast you can find us on twitter at geek freaks pod we're also on facebook instagram you can email us we have our patreon and a store all those links are in the description thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you guys next week